Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's episode of Essential Leadership Skills, the broadcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having Donna L. Norman, a certified executive and personal development coach, with us. Donna is a true expert in helping individuals leverage their innate skills to grow in their careers or as entrepreneurs. With years of experience in coaching and developing talent, she has helped many individuals from the corporate world, higher education, and budding entrepreneurs achieve their goals and reach their full potential. In this episode, Donna will share her insights on coaching strategies and equip you with the tools you need to move forward and grow. She will also share her own personal experiences as a wife and mother of three and how she balances her professional life with her family and personal interests. So, sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired by Donna's wisdom and expertise. This is a Touchstone Publishers presentation, your trusted source of leadership knowledge. Good morning, everybody. And as you heard in our introduction, we got a tremendous guest who can really help with a lot of different processes. So let's get into it. Good morning, Donna. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Glenn. Nice. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, I do have the first question for you. Okay. Tell us a little bit about, or tell us something about you, your company, your family that most people just don't really know, but should know about you, your company, or your family. Yes, definitely. I think one of the things I would like to share is something that started a while ago when I was doing my studies in organizational leadership and learning for my graduate program was I started to explore the intersection of leadership and faith. And what I have found during that time is that there are lots of connections between our spirituality and our personal or professional development. But oftentimes we have to leave that at the door when we walk into the workforce. I don't know that we have mm. to, but we often do. And so I am exploring how spiritual biblical principles tie to your self-leadership and then how can you bring that to work. You know, in other words, bringing your whole self to work. And so that's just something I'd like to share. I'm starting to really develop that and incorporate that in my business and my teachings. That's tough grounds to get through because we're always afraid to share that part of us, even though that makes us real. It's a part of us. So that's tough. So that's, I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. Absolutely. So the question to get to the main, the meat of what we want to talk about, I was curious about what are some of the common thinking that we have that is negative that hurts us when it comes to the hiring and retention process? What's some of those common thinking? Sure. One of the, when I look at common thinking that we have that's negative, that impacts how we either hire or retain, it, a lot of it boils down to can be generational differences or even just your own personal views and upbringings or experiences that you bring into a position or into, into the workforce or into your leadership. And so some of that might be that you expect people to work over overtime without compensation or because you are online or sending emails at 12 o'clock in the morning, you expect your staff to follow that same behavior. But we have to be mindful of the impact that is having on the team that either we're bringing in or the individuals that we're trying to retain. So I'll give you an example. When I was looking for a position and I had an opportunity to 
interview, but what I paid attention to or what stuck out to me, I should say, is every conversation or email that I received from the organization that I was interviewing for came after 5.30 p.m. And so that set an expectation, or at least put in my mind, that these the individuals there work long hours or they work extended hours. And you want to to be mindful of anyone who is looking for a position with work-life balance and what that might say to them. So I think you have to just kind of look at what are some of your behaviors, what are some of your practices within your organization that unconsciously stand out to individuals who may be wanting to work for you or to continue to work for you. If you were coaching me, and especially when we look at the generation changes from the baby boomers to through now, what kind of adjustment would I adjustments would you say our organization needs to make in order to be able to retain and get better clients, or not clients, but better employees? And what general rules would you say, okay, you might need to adjust it this way or that way? Okay. Yeah. I w- it makes me think of, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Daniel Pink, To Sell as Human. And he talks hmm. about the ABCs, attunement, buoyancy, and clarity. And so what In this particular case, you want to focus on attunement. So for the hires that you are seeking or the individuals that you want to become part of your culture or your organization, how can you tune into what's important to them? And some of the ways that we can do that is to do the research and look at tools like Gallup or McKinsey and company who are... um, well-researched and utilize that information to help you to make decisions about where you can find the individuals as well as what you are offering the individuals. Um, We've Hmm. talked about, maybe we'll get into this a little bit later, is your employee value proposition. So what, why do I, why should I want to work for you? And where you're selling your organization to someone who is looking for work. And I don't think we always look at it that way. We tend to look at it as we're offering someone, we're offering you compensation for your work. And I think that COVID has did that a bit. Yeah, it has. They're more willing to not work than to be uncomfortable, unhappy, or to work in a toxic environment. We should go ahead and dive into that now instead of later on, because I was, my question around that was, what's the framework for deciding what it's like a unique selling position that we take for our, when we're selling something, but yes. we forget that that's what we're selling to the potential employee or to keep the employees on. Do you have a framework in mind that maybe you can coach us with to say, okay, look at these three or four things? Yeah, sure. A couple of things. First things first is to start off with your mission and your vision. And most importantly, I would say your values. Right? Okay. So that tells me who you are, where we're going as an organization and how we're going to get there. So your values really shape the behaviors within your organization. So you want to make mm. sure that, that is clear, that it's published, that as you go through the hiring and selection process that people know exactly what it is that they're signing up for. The second thing is total compensations. And when we look at the landscape, we see, okay, your compensation is X, 
right? But oftentimes as organization, we're offering more than X. So what is the value of things like benefits and what do those add up to? And that's a way to set you apart or differentiate you from your hiring competitors because you can speak to what the total compensation package is and people can make informed and intelligent decisions as to whether they want to work for you. And then the third thing that I would say is to look at your work environment. How might you share with future hires what the work environment looks like? Mm. Is there an opportunity for me to get a peek inside what it looks like to work? for your organization. So leveraging tools like social media and YouTube to offer videos or even experiences from current employees about what it looks like to work for your organization. And then the last thing I would say is to really look at exactly what are your perks? What are the things that you can offer to individuals that, again, might differ, might set you apart from your competitor, but also speak to what your goal hire is looking for? What are the individuals who are working for you or that are your goal hires? What are their values and how can you create perks that speak to their okay. values? Okay. So that, I like that. And that sounds like though, that's something that's going to get stuck in HR. That's what the HR department is going to be working on. I didn't hear what you said, Glenn. That sounds like something that HR is going to end up doing. It's going to become HR. What I'm curious about is what roles and parts should the managers and employees play in creating that type of atmosphere, that type of behavior that goes on all the time? I understand exactly what you're speaking to. And I believe that a myth that floats through all of our, our working worlds of corporate America is that HR does the hiring. The reality is as a supervisor, manager, leader, this is your hire and HR facilitates the hiring. And so there are, this is really a partnership with HR as opposed to HR is going to do all of these different things to help to sell this to the individuals or to help you to retain those individuals. So managers and leaders play a huge part in the hiring decision and an even more important part in retention. So you've probably heard the quote that people don't quit their jobs, they quit their managers, right? So you as Mm -hmm. a leader have the opportunity to make this and fruitful environment for the individuals that are working there or that are going to work there. And you really have to be intentional about how it is that you are going to lead and how it is that you are going to create the environment that aligns with your organizational values to help you in matters of retention. Okay. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Just on a quick side note, how how did you get involved in this type of work? This is not the easiest work when you have to think about changing the paradigm in the company. How did you get involved? So I call myself an HR transplant. So my background Mm -hmm. is in business and in retail. So I have over 20 years experience working on the business side. I've worked as a merchandise financial planner. I've also worked as what we call a distributor or allocations leader. Throughout that time, I had the opportunity to develop new hires and I guess unconsciously or was really just 
in order to self-sustain, created processes to help to onboard new hires as well to get, get them up to speed and orient them to their position successfully over time. And then I just got tapped on the shoulder to move into human resources. And that started my journey. And through that time, I've had the opportunity to develop a, to help to be a part of the development of a number of individuals. I've created executive development programs for Fortune 100 companies. I had the opportunity to help college graduates move into leadership positions within a year's time frame. And the journey just continued from there until I, I made my way out on my own and got into coaching. I found that I really enjoyed helping individuals on a one-on-one basis and allowing them to explore what are their unique talents and innate skills that they bring to the position that they're in and how they can leverage that to be better leaders in the workforce. Okay. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh Uh-oh. I think sometimes we miss our opportunities as leaders to get involved, to get the message across, which brings me to a question about brings lost my train of thought there because yeah. something's going on here, but uh, brings me to the train of thought about how do we provide opportunities and um, value as leaders to potential new hires or to the worker bee force? How do we best provide leadership details to them? Sure. In terms of what I understood is that you're looking for ways that leaders can provide value to their employees. Opportunities and for personal, better put it, opportunities for personal development. Absolutely. I think what you hit upon there, Glenn, is that as leaders, or really at, for us, want to bring them their best selves to work and they want to grow, right? So very far and few between do you find individuals who want to stay in a particular p- position for the rest of their career. And that is you know, older generational thinking, traditionalists, or even baby boomers. But as you start to look at the Gen Z and Gen Y, they really want to have value in the workforce and they also want to grow. (laughs) And so as leaders, if you adopt the mindset, that is your role is to help this individual grow as a person within your organization and often and sometimes outside of your organization. Because again, we're looking at the whole person that is stepping into our workforce. If you adopt that mindset, then you can be more creative and more flexible about what you offer them in terms of development opportunities, which I might add can also be a part. So some of the things that individuals who want to grow might find of value might be professional development opportunities, Mm -hmm. whether that be online opportunities or face-to-face training as well as as well as coaching and mentoring other people might just value the opportunity to serve and to volunteer and so as you are working with your employees or even bringing on new hires you may want you want to ask questions centered around that so what are the things that you value what are some of your goals and objectives for development and how can i partner with you 
to help you get to where you want to go in life. Okay, so side question to that one then. So how do I develop the trust? If I'm working with an employee, how do I develop the trust that they're going to actually tell me what their values are? Or they're going to keep on spotting the company line because it's the company line. How do I get them to actually say, this is my value? This is what I value most. This is what's most important to me and my family. How do I build that trust? That that starts with your orientation and your onboarding. And throughout the employee life cycle, which actually begins even before that person is an employee, you want to build a relationship. And as you build relationships, you build trust. And so as a leader, if you have someone who's been working with you for a while, you want to just be clear on on your leadership goals and what you, how you want to help them. And then ask for it. Sometimes we just don't ask the question. I would really like to not. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like for you to really trust that I have your best interest at heart. And here's where we see you at in within our organization. And we really want to learn a little bit more about what it is that, that you want for your career and your overall development. And then you have to be willing and open to hear the truth, right? Mm. Hear their truth that sometimes they may not want to be with you for five, 10, 15 years. My goal is to stay here for three years and eventually move either into X position or move to another organization that offers me a different set of skills or opportunities for development. And then have the conversation because you can talk about, okay, what those three years might look like. And then after those three years, then you can sit down and say, okay, we talked about you wanting to move into this position or move over to a different organization or into a different industry. Here's how we can partner with you on that, or here's how we can offer you that within our particular organization. And then I want to just talk about one of the things that I've found, I thought it was odd initially, but building out alumni networks for your organization. So this is an opportunity if somebody decides to leave, you maintain that relationship with them as an alumni to your organization because they're still selling your organization when they leave. (laughs) And that's what your brand is that they're still speaking positively about their experience within your organization. And then we just cycle back to where we started this conversation. That becomes a part of you of what you share as a value to working with your organization. So it becomes a part of your unique value proposition. That's a very powerful thought for a couple of reasons. I'm thinking this alumni situation we brought up. If you used to work for me, but now you're a lawyer in your own company, if you're part of the alumni, I may have a way to have one of my employees mentored by you. Even though you're not part of the company, you know what it was like when the first guy started or it was like for them to go ahead and go to law school. That's going to build tons of trust. That's really, that's I like that a lot. That's good. Yeah, it was something I thought was weird, but I'm actually a part of alumni yeah. networks for many of the organizations that I've worked for in the past. And it's just about really maintaining those connections. It really is. It really is in a lot of ways, a lot of ways. Tell me, what is strategic leadership? Um, to be more strategic in our approach to how we lead people, can you... Kind of give me your thoughts on that. 
Absolutely. So strategic leadership really speaks to being intentional. I liken it to being an organization of you, right? And so when you work for an organization, most larger organizations have a strategy team and they're being really intentional about how we're going to hit our five-year goals, how we're going to hit our 10-year goals. This is what we're doing, when we're doing it, here are our individual goals. And I think as individuals, we need to do that more for ourselves, specifically centered around how we lead ourselves and how we lead others. How do you want to show up for yourself and how do you want to show up for the people that you lead? So it really starts with one, having your own personal vision, having a personal mission and a personal vision being clear on your values. There are plenty of card sorts that you can do to what it is that you value and talking about how that aligns with the organization's values. And then moving down from there, create and set your own annual goals. And this is outside of the organization's goals, but your personal goals about how you Mm. want to show up as a leader and what you're going to do to get there. What are some things that you can do to improve or shift your leadership skills to become the person that you want to be? And then you just move forward with those goals, track them and get so get feedback from the people that you serve, whether they be your colleagues or peers, feedback from your leaders and feedback from your employees or so a 360 degree feedback and use that to match that up with your mission and your vision. Are is what they're saying or is the feedback that you're getting, how does it align with how you said you wanted to? That makes so much sense because break it down in my own mind, I'm saying, here's the mission that we have. Here's the vision that we have or that I have. What is your vision? What is your mission? Then I got to take, then take the third step of going around and getting good feedback from everybody about how to do that. Correct. Is my somewhere in the ballpark there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because how do you know if you're on track, if you're not getting feedback? Because many times when you look at, in, in essence, leadership is really about serving <laughs> others and in that and at servanthood how are you going to understand if i'm effectively serving the individuals that i say i want to serve and so they're the only people's they're the only individuals or people who can tell you that we can make assumptions in our head all day long which many of us us do do, that's our feedback right that's not the feedback of the people that we serve true so you said something that makes this incredibly difficult for me because we know what our objective is that's the better employees have employers and have unique opportunities and things like that. We know how to do that, but how do we measure those results? What kind of KPIs can we create that would measure those type of objectives? Do you have any suggestions on measurements, KPIs that we could be using to make this happen? So can you tell me, are you referring to the, as an individual or as an organization? So as an individual in my organization, so I want the organization to say, okay, Glenn, here's your top three KPIs. And one of them involves this process of hiring and retaining and getting the employee to be involved and feel part of the process. But what kind of metrics Uh, come from? Yeah. So when you're looking at KPIs, 
there are are a number of KPIs that you can use. One of the ones that I think would be most helpful would be measuring engagement. And engagement is really your employees or, yeah, so your employees, how they show up. So their willingness, their commitment to the organization and their commitment to your leadership and your leadership vision. So I don't think we often think about that we say, okay, Mary shows up to work every day. She gets her, her job done, but how much of her work is she really focused, focusing on the vision, right? So the vision that you've set for her as a leader, as well as the vision for the, for the organization. So measuring engagement is one of the main ones that I would say that you, that you should look at. And then looking at ways to measure your own leadership effectiveness. And sometimes that's a little more open-ended and not necessarily numbers driven, but you can look at things like how many people have you promoted (laughs) over time, how many people have, and whether that's a lateral promotion, they've moved on to the side or they've moved up, but Mm -hmm. what's the effectiveness of your leadership? So looking at engagement and then leadership effectiveness. Okay. So that's where I get troubled with what you just laid out, those are objectives. Those mm-hmm. are things that I'm shooting for. But if you're my boss, you're going to say to me, Glenn, every week I'm going to measure you on this so I know that you're getting proper feedback or you'll help people get promoted. There may be six months before I can promote somebody. Do you have any thoughts along there to help me on a project? Yeah, I guess. So and you're right. It is a, it's a tricky question, but when you... What I would say, if you're looking for more tangible numbers, you would look at your, have you, your, what tools have you developed? So if I'm your leader, I want to know, Gwen, hey, what tools are you using to develop your individuals? And so that's a measurement. Or how often are you meeting with your individuals and what's the feedback from those sessions? That's, that's. A measurement. We talked about the 360, right? So that's another tool to measure and to that your supervisor can utilize to measure your effectiveness. Hmm. Okay. And as, long as, they don't, as long as they don't wait to the end of the year to do a 360 review. And so yeah. you bring up a good thing. Your point. There's lots of information out there about the performance appraisal process and what some best practices are many organizations they're lucky to get to the get to that point on an annual basis you as an organization create that as a part of your culture you want again to be really intentional whether you do it as an organization as or as a leader right as a leader if you say hey i'm going to do evaluations and performance have performance meetings more often than what the organization is doing you're still going to match up to the organization's goals but looking Mm -hmm. at monthly meetings and quarterly meetings and utilize and utilizing those to help you in developing that culture of performance feedback and i just lost my train of thought a little bit (laughs) there (laughs) as as you're looking at performance and trying to get away from oh 
that whole end of the year, you did X, Y, and Z at the beginning of the year. So you have this whole halo effect or you really messed up in that last month. And so you have that horn effect on your evaluation. How can you as a leader be more and intentional about either meeting with your employees on more often and also keeping records and track, right? So again, going back to your tool. So if you're utilizing a tool really quick and an easy tool is every month meeting with your employee and talking about what's working, what are the things that they're doing well? What's not working? What are some things that we can shift or course correct? And then we could talk about it next month when we have this meeting because it's yeah. and we can talk about, okay, how are you doing on your course correction? And then resources, right? So many times people are struggling within organizations because they are not rightly resources. So what do you need in order to effectively do your job in order to perform well, in order to meet your goals, right? So that might be look like making a connection across the organization. It might be some sort of learning or training that they need to go to or just in mentoring. Again, strategy, (laughs) finality about being the leader that you want to be. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So what are you doing right now to help leaders, help organizations? What are you doing right now projects, workshops, what are you doing right now? What I am doing right now is I'm actually working on a couple of tools. I just released my first published work, which is I created a journal for centered around active listening. And then I am yet set to release at the end of this month, as we were even talking about leadership strategy, I'm developing a workbook called Your Personal Leadership Strategy, which walks you through those particular steps. How do I develop my own leadership strategy outside of the organization's goals and mission, creating that for myself and follow Mm. through and tracking that. So those are a couple of things that I actually have in the works. Other than that, I do individual coaching. I have a an online community called Faithful Growth, where we talk about professional development. We do co-working, we do coaching, all of those things within that community just to help you help you grow as as an individual. So those are some of the things that I have going on. Okay, fantastic. And be in the show notes as well, your, uh, what do you call that? Your URL. You and I are both having these days where we, <laughs> it must be Monday yes. morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Monday yeah. and it's a Monday after the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a good excuse. I'll take that. <laughs> Monday, <laughs> like there's about a little bit of context as to what's going on. Yeah, but, so um, we were all up a little. So most of us were up late last night. So Yeah, it finished up here in Denver. It finished up in a decent hour. It was a good game. Yes. I heard it was a good game. But if people go to the URL, they can go ahead and get a hold of you for individual coaching. And are you doing any workshops or group presentations or anything? Do you do any keynote uh, addresses? Or I don't have anything on the schedule as of yet. Right now, I'm focused on product development. I do partner with another organization where we focus on EEO trainings. Um, So I will be partnering with my colleague on that next Thursday, February 23rd. We actually are doing a workshop for online virtual training for leaders in the area of equal employment opportunity. So that's from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on February 23rd. And we, we, are focusing on that to help 
organizations mitigate the risk centered around EO. As we just talked about, your managers are the ones who have that direct connection with the employees. So oftentimes they're the ones who are making the missteps that cause EO violations. Get involved, yeah. Get involved. So will that be stored on your website? Will people be able to go back and archive that on your Will that be archived on your website? Will yes, you have to go absolutely. back and look at that? Yes. Okay, perfect. So my last question in respect for your time, what question should I have asked you that I didn't ask you? What question should I have asked you that I didn't ask you? Okay, Whew. that's a tough one, Glenn. Oh, let me God. let me think about that. I think the question that you should have asked me that that you didn't ask me is we are taught we were talking a lot about hiring and and retention and i think that our conversation focused a lot on the either current employee or the future employee but as leaders and when you're looking at your organizational strategy i think the question to really talk about is what how does a leader get the support that they need to be their most oh. effective <laughs> So that's true. That's true. That's a good question. So how in a nutshell, how do we get that support? (laughs) That's a good question. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I would say, especially for us and above, one of the most effective ways to get to support yourself as a leader is to ensure that you have your own team of coaches and mentors, primarily coaches, because coaches are extremely effective in giving you the personal attention that you need to Mm. be the best leader, as well as being honest with you and forcing you you to ask yourself (laughs) the tough questions Mm. within your leadership. And we don't get enough people who ask us the tough tough questions, questions that we don't want to answer. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like we don't want the answer, but we all know if you're going to be good at anything, you get coached. The great ones are always being coached, so that's not a problem. Yes, uh, Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. We got some very valuable lessons out of that. I'm glad that your broadcast on the 23rd will be up on your website so people can look at that because that's just a good set of information that we should have because the EEO violations are out there too much, too much. So I want to give you the last word, something that you would like to leave with the audience and to say, okay, of everything I do, this is what's most important. Yeah, absolutely. So in everything that I do, what's most important is seeing and helping individuals to be their best self. I think sometimes we get caught up in the fact in the word success, but success to me is a variable based on the individual. So you define your own success and my job is to help you to meet that goal of whatever your defined success is. And so understanding that we are all in individuals that we bring unique talents, set unique set of talents and goals to whatever spaces we operate in and we wanna be our best selves when we show up there. Wow, thank you so very much for taking the time to chat with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, great, great job as usual from people who know what they're doing. And I'm glad we got a chance to speak with you, Donna. 